Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. Keenan, as always, joined by my brother Kyle, as Hi, always. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. It's Wednesday. We got a lot of basketball on tonight, a lot of NBA. Obviously, we got Thursday night football on tomorrow, so I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. Got a, lot a, good, of, a lot of great stuff going on in both leagues. Yeah, I got a um, good Thursday night game. My fantasy football season has has been looking real good as of the last um, three, four weeks. I'm five and two in one league. I've won four straight in one league, and I'm seven and zero oh in another league. So basketball, I'm zero and one, and pretty much in both. But um, football has been going really well for me. I had a forty point comeback in my league actually Ooh. in Sunday. Sunday afternoon, like the four o'clock games. Uh, I have the Niners defense. They were getting killed by the Chiefs, uh, which was not good. That's what really got me down 40, 50 points. But what got me back in it was the game Juju had. Yeah. And uh, ended up winning by, I believe, two points. And I'm sitting at fifth and sitting back in the playoff picture. I've been bouncing back and forth between six and seven which puts me around the edge and i went from seven to five so hopefully we have another good week here and kind of solidify me and keep moving up yeah. but uh, i was saying oh well. I, I beat austin this week by one so <laughs> i had the patriots defense and ramondre and obviously the patriots defense got torched a little bit and we could segue into this right after but um that la- the last drive I decide uh, when the Bears decided to kneel the ball and not kick a field goal or go get a touchdown. I was up by one point. If not, I would have lost. So I'm thankfully they didn't do anything and I was able to pull out the win. Austin was not happy. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't be either, but Austin was not happy. Thank God for sportsmanship, I guess, because they could have easily just pounded that in. Yeah, definitely, and I'm really glad they didn't. But, uh, shit, let's get right into it. Speaking of that Monday night game, I'll just say that's one of the weirdest games I've ever seen in my life, in my entire life. It uh, didn't feel like a Patriots game. Like, the our team, we did, it was just so discombobulated. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was very, it was very discombobulated. That was, that was one of the weirdest games I've ever watched of any, any team, but especially the Patriots, especially Belichick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird. I mean, the good news is I'm glad they got this out of the way, didn't drag this out, but they named Matt the starter for Sunday at the Jets. So I like that. Just to get it the hell out of the way because Monday could not have been well, – first of all, I guess Monday was the plan all along to play two QBs, which is weird. Which I think is ridiculous. Uh, this is not call- – I, I hate it when they do it in college football, but it'd be one thing if these quarterbacks had like were dual threats. Like you had a – like when it was Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, like where Taysom could run a lot and then kind of it gives you two different dynamics. These quarterbacks are the same quarterback. Like why would you do two? I, I don't know. I think I personally think that's dumb, but I can go on. Yeah, I mean it was dumb period just because, A, we're at home and in the middle of, like I said, kind of a fake quarterback controversy. Um, I say fake because, yes, Zappi's been playing well. But not necessarily well enough. Kind of like the Cooper Rush situation, right? Uh, granted, his game against the Browns, like he did put up some stats and all that. But like I said, the, 
the offense is more explosive with a healthy Mac if Mac's making the right decisions. It's weird. Uh, they they've, been, they've been unleashing, like, the offense felt like it was trying to be more explosive with uh, with Zappy than it was with Mac throughout the, throughout Mac's first couple drives. Like, Zappy came in and they took some shots instantly. And it felt like they weren't doing that with Mac. Yeah, well, I felt like, I mean, just a lot of things. It was weird that Mac was in there. I guess reports were saying he was basically 90% and convinced Belichick to play. And it sounded like it was the plan all along from Mac that they were going to play two QBs. He was only going to play a couple series. He was supposed to come back in the second half, according to the halftime report. Yeah. Uh, it really felt like Belichick was treating it like a preseason game. Which I don't appreciate because I mean, look, we're dead last in the division, and I'm I'm really confident against the Jets. I really am, but that Jets defense is good, and our offense did not look so good. You this know what I mean? This is not a cakewalk I, game. This game we could easily lose. This game, it is not a cakewalk. Well, it's not so much about that we could easily lose it. It's now that we absolutely have to win it. You know, we go and win that Bears game, then, okay, maybe we do. Not only are we a hot team coming into at the Jets and probably the better team, let's be honest, at the Jets, we're the better team, but we have our worst performance of the season uh, going into a division game that's a must-win. We lose that game. I'm not saying it's over for us, but it's certainly much, much, much harder with, uh, you know, everybody in our division just winning this past week. Well, I mean, that would bring, as I say, I think the Dolphins are going to get a win this week against the Lions. I know it's kind of spoiler, but not really. Um, this Bills, Packers, it's the Bills. Obviously, we know how they are in the division, and then the Jets would be at six and two. So <laughs> we we would be in the AFC East. We would be a solid three game. I was going to say we we'd be us we'd be three and five. The Dolphins possibly at five and three, Jets six and two, the Bills possibly at six and one. So we're going to be three games back in the win column from the top two in the win column for the Dolphins, and they have the tiebreaker over us as of right now. That'd be exactly. a tough, tough situation to be in. Exactly, a must win. So we're throwing ourselves into a playoff situation, which again, I'm taking my team in that situation a lot, especially with Belichick as coach. Weirdly, you know. Monday's game would have put him at second all-time and wins solely. Uh, he would have passed Hallis because I believe they're tied right now. Yeah, um, I think a 325, is it? And, uh, you know, they play one of the worst teams in the league, and they absolutely made us look like a joke. They kicked our ass. That wasn't just a win. They kicked our ass, especially in the second half. You know, like you mentioned, Zappy comes in, things turn around a little bit, blah, 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 but... I mean, the Bears killed us. Gino Les said, put some respect on the Bears' name. That's exactly what we're going to do. They out-coached. Uh, what's, what's their... What's their Gene, no, no, I'm, no, I'm clapping for Gene and I'm clapping for Joe. I'm not clapping Fuck because... All the, that. I'm not clapping, <laughs> for, that. I'm not clapping anyway, because the Bears won the game, Kyle. I'm saying I'm putting respect for Gene and putting respect with Joe. Relax. Relax. I'm fucking around anyway. I'm not a hyper guy. I don't understand what your problem is. I'm not hyper at all. There's no no problem. I was, oh my God, never mind. Anyway, I was going to say they outcoached Belichick. What's their coach's name? It's not, uh, is it Eberflees? I'm, oh God. I I don't have the, uh, hold on. I, I'm not under 100% sure of how to pronounce his name, but I think it's Eberflus. I, I think it's Eberflus. Got a German-ass last name. But 
he outcoached Belichick. The offense was more than ready to uh, to take it to the Patriots. They just ran all over. It's kind of how we ran all over the Packers. They ran all over us. Uh, and mostly, honestly, Justin Fields. They were giving it to their running back, gaining four or five yards of carry, and we had nothing to do for it. I mean, I can't. It seemed like there was a million third and longs where Fields just picked it up on his legs, not even with his arm. It didn't even, I couldn't even, what was his throwing attempts that game? I bet he had under 20, it seemed like. Uh, he only had 179 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, I can't, I'm checking right now to see how many attempts he had. Uh, 21. So, but he looked, he actually played a good game. So I I liked, uh, he made. He was decisive. Obviously he had running lanes, as you were saying, but he definitely was decisive and he definitely had a good game. Yeah, and it was it was just a poor effort all around from the Pats. Uh, I would say the only bright spot to me out of the whole entire game was Matt Judon. Matt Judon had a good game. Uh, Zappi looks rough coming from behind. I mean, you know that showed his limitations right there. You can't you can't play that guy probably down ten, or you can play him. Of course, you can play him, but down ten, down fourteen, it's going to be extremely hard for him to anchor a comeback. That was his worst game, obviously. But, I mean, the story's definitely Belichick. You you start Mac Jones at home. You bring him back. The crowd's booing immediately, like, as soon as he does something wrong, which he didn't even, you know, we went three and out on the first drive. Uh, didn't really run. We were trying to pass with Mac, which is, you know, hard after three weeks of him being gone, going from nothing to NFL speed. Uh, and then we take him out after, what, I believe two possessions. Was yeah, it? he was three. He was three of six for sixteen yards. He had a couple rushes, and then the second possession, he threw a pick. And then right after the pick, they were like, "You know what? We're gonna yank him." And it was, I was very confused by it because I knew their goal was to come in and try to play two quarterbacks, but it just, I don't know if that kills the confidence of Mac. Like I, I, I don't like I don't. If you're a starting quarterback. And obviously, regardless if there's a controversy, not controversy, it's enough that the backup quarterback is going to get run in the game. And then then you get pulled that quickly, and it feels like you're getting pulled because of your play. It it felt, and then didn't come back in like you were supposed to come back in. It it just feels like it could be a confidence shot at Mac. I don't know if it'll obviously affect him going forward. We'll have to see, but it just feels like that confidence could waver a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing about it, what could kill his confidence, because I didn't know at the time when this happened, I didn't realize that was the plan to play both. Uh, I, so I thought he shanked Matt Jones on live TV. Like, I was like, yo, he just really gave away his job after two possessions to Bailey Zappi. Then I find out it was planned all along, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, what really kills his confidence there is the fans' reaction, booing him. Channing Zappi. Yeah, Channing Zappi, jeering every time he throws an incompletion. Granted, Mac did have that terrible pick, and that's exactly if there was a reason for him to lose that job, that's it right there. Just he threw a prayer up to nobody in particular. Gets a pick. (laughs) Excuse me. Um you know, I would have rather they just played Zappi. Yes. Uh Monday night. See how that game goes. You have a full game plan for Zappi, and then bring Mac back next week. You know, then he's probably 100% with another week off, and then you got him on the road. And, you know, if he has a bad first half, he has a bad first half, then you can insert Zappy if you want or, you know, whatever. You got options from there. But, you know, 
I wish, you know, if they were going to play Mac, if that was the intention, which it clearly, I guess it was two, as Belichick has reiterated, then, play, you know, I wish they would have played Mac till at least half because, you know, I feel like he could have at least got 10 points out of us or maybe some field goal drives out of us. I don't know. But two drives and then throwing in your backup who's had momentum just throws everybody off. And uh, the and team, he, the the team actually, going, oh, I was going to say, the team didn't seem to know that the two quarterback thing was happening. They they didn't really seem to like that Mac got taken out. So yeah. it was just a mess, and it was the, a rare, terrible coaching decision by Belichick. It really was. And if you're, I was going to say, if you're Zappy, and obviously you're right, he was in a rhythm, you just roll with the rhythm. It's the same thing we were saying about Cooper Rush. If that's the case, if you have a backup quarterback, which is a, who's a luxury right now because he's playing well, you just roll with them until your starters a hundred, a hundred percent. You don't need to roll. You don't need to rush them back in. And this Bears game was not supposed to be, like. I feel obviously the coaching and the defense didn't play well. They just played a bad game. But I feel like there was such distraction around it that they didn't play the game that they could have. And it was just play Zappy this game. Bring Mac Jones back this week, and and we're all good. But now going forward. I'm not sure if Mac's going to have in the back of his head, I can get yanked at any point. Like if I throw, I if so. I Just... throw a couple, if I have a bad first half, am I getting yanked? If I'm honestly, I mean, I'm not sure how that situation or how they've, if Bill has spoken to him or whatever, but just as a fan, as a watching what I would see, I would feel a little, it would try to motivate me to play better as good as possible. But in my, the back of my mind, I would think if I do throw this, third and eight in the trying to fit it in and I throw a pick am I gonna get pulled I that would be in my head personally yeah it's gonna be a weird situation to watch um I I think everything will be okay but it all hinges on how Matt plays he's throwing dumbass picks uh you know that'll be it for him oh yeah Uh, two touchdowns to six picks on the year that is not good that is not gonna get it done he's not a rating over 87 this year so it's Obviously, last year you were hoping that this year he was going to take more steps and be even more efficient because last year was 22 touchdowns, 13 picks. You are hoping I was going to get down to 25 to maybe 8 or something like that just to try to make those next steps, but he's definitely taking a step back. Not play-wise. His play-wise this year has shown he's taking a step back, at least numbers-wise, not that he's a worse player. Yeah, and it's hard to tell because, I mean, really, what that Ravens game was weak three that's when he got hurt uh yeah that was actually up until the end when you know he threw two back-breaking picks besides that that was one of his better games as a patriot like it was both equally his best and worst game as a patriot because we lost mainly because of him but we were in the game a lot because of him too he was making manning effect it really was that's a that's a classic eli manning game (laughs) it really was and uh you know, I also think they should have ran the ball more. It didn't seem like they tried to establish the run early, which is, you know, a big part of our success the last three or four weeks. But, you know, it was it was just an ugly game. I feel like they could have gained control of. And then the weirdest part about it is really going into halftime, I believe it – I don't know what the score was. Was it 17-14? Um, I, Bears maybe? Uh, yeah, the Bears are definitely. It was either seventeen or twenty. I think they got a field goal at the end of the half, if I remember correctly. Then they got the ball at half. I could be wrong by that, but I thought that was the case. Yeah, so it was a good, good game. And then you know the second half, it wasn't wasn't even close. Bears pulled away. But uh, 
Yeah. I don't know what the rest of the Bears season looks like, but it, it seems like the co- they play well for their coach. Uh, their coach came up with a great game plan because I mean, we had nothing. We had no answer for him. But uh, listen, I talked all that shit to Gene only for us to lose by what seemed like a million touchdowns. And uh, Gene and Bears fans got the last laugh for sure because that was, that was the ugliest game maybe in you know the last two seasons for the Pats, not counting the Bills playoff game, obviously. They did but. what they did to us. What you thought we were gonna do to them, and I did as well. I can't make it sound like I didn't think we we're gonna do this. Yeah, I said they weren't even gonna score a touchdown, and they scored uh, multiple touchdowns. Yeah, so I had it twenty-seven ten. You had it thirty to six. It was thirty-three to fourteen. Opposite way of what we thought. Ugly, ugly, and then um, we had the CMC trade last Thursday. And, uh, I mean, you kind of called it. You said you thought he was going to get traded. I said it's rare that a player with that much offensive, I guess, who would take that much of space in a playbook, you know? Mm-hmm. You find it rare that he, that kind of player gets traded. You might see, like, a, a number two receiver get traded during the year. Rarely do you see a number one receiver or a number one back midseason get traded. And, uh he got traded, I believe, right as the Thursday night game was ending to the Niners. Niners put up, uh, they have their own bad game against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs look every bit of 1B to the to the Bills as they have all season, but for sure after last week's game. But, yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. Uh, anyone who was concerned about the Chiefs going, we actually, you and I were one team, people who were not actually worried about the Chiefs all that much. But whoever was worried can no longer be worried. They're fine. They're going to be what the Chiefs are. When you have Mahomes and Andy Reid, you're going to figure it out, especially when you have someone like Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey's been playing great. Juju had an amazing game for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's a weapon. Uh, McCall Hardman I mean, had weapon. three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, they look, that looked like uh, you know early Mahomes. Not that he's been in the league too long, but that looked like the first couple of seasons of Mahomes, really, where the balls just being spread around. They're doing whatever they want against whatever defense. Uh, That's what makes them great. a little bit more like they're they're scarier in a different way this year, and it's because obviously Kelsey is going to be your constant, but you don't know who's going to kill you. Kind of like when the I mean in a different way because they weren't as a different offense, but with the Patriots it was like one week it could be. Danny Amendola, then it could be Julian Edelman, then it could be Chris Hogan, then it could be uh, when we had him, like either Brandon Cooks, Brandon Lloyd. Like we had so many different pieces that you really didn't know who to game plan for because we didn't have a specific thing other than Rob Gronkowski. But it doesn't matter because you, he, whatever you game plan for him, he's going to still get his numbers and make his impact on the game. Yeah, no, they got they got weapons to their disposal. Yes. Uh, Hundred percent. They're they're obviously going to be very tough. Uh, who they have this week? Uh, they're on a buy. Oh, they got a buy. Yeah. Uh, this we got a weird slate of games, and we'll get to that at some point here. But weird slate of games this week. Like a lot of games that could go either way. But, yeah, uh, definitely that, important games too for a lot of teams. Absolutely. I mean, everywhere important, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess technically. Technically, technically, next Thursday's game would be like the exact mark of uh, the half season mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the beginning of the next week in between. But yeah, we're basically at the half point, right? Seventeen games. This is week eight. Um, you should start to see know what teams are, 
I was rounding into form and all like you should you can get a grasp of what teams actually can be and who to like who can actually be a favorite go on and win those kind of things people are figuring out who they are yeah yeah absolutely you usually by thanksgiving you will know quite a bit about most of these teams uh i mean in the case last year i mean we did not know much we did not have the Bengals as a Super Bowl contender at Thanksgiving last year. So no, definitely a playoff contender, know. but not a Super Bowl contender at all. Right. But in general, we'll know, you know, who our playoff teams are, who we should look out for, because there'll be a few teams on the on the way out looking in, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um so yeah, no, this is perfect time of year. NDA's been interesting. Uh first few weeks we'll touch on that later on. Uh Keen, anything, what else is catching your eye in the NFL here? I mean, um, I know we talked about, go ahead. I was going to say, going off of, going kind of off of where we're, you kind of ended about the Bengals, I like their starting, their offense is starting to pick it up over those last few weeks. And Joe Burrow, as I um, tried to call before the season, might be, is starting to become in the dark horse for MVP. It's still Josh Allen, still be Mahomes. Uh, still be Jalen Hurst before him and arguably Saquon Barkley, but he's now crept into that like top five conversation. I'll throw Michael Parsons in there too. Micah, uh, yeah, depending on how what the record ends up for you, know, Micah could be up there as well. It's just, as you know, it's so hard, especially for a defensive player to go win it. I mean, we haven't really seen it since LT, and we know what he was. But yeah, I was gonna say I was just saying that I think Joe Burrow's starting to creep into that conversation because especially how he's played these last couple weeks, he's been phenomenal in these last couple weeks. And the Bengals team starting to resemble last year. Uh, they haven't scored, um, which could make them dangerous because they haven't allowed a second half touchdown yet. I don't know if you knew that at all, but mm. but there's a, there's a so their defense has actually been playing pretty well all season and now their offense has been catching up to their defense so they're rounding more into form than say like the Rams have been of the two Super Bowl teams yeah and then if you're talking uh AFC North you know the Ravens I wouldn't call them looking shaky but you know the Ravens probably wish they had yeah they probably wish they had that Giants game back um, that Bills game, you know what I mean? They probably wish they had those back given out Balt or uh, sorry, Cincy looks right now. They've had a 10 point lead in every single game they've had this season. So it's like they're get, they get up on teams. It's just, can they actually close it out? I mean, they lost to the dolphins. They scored, they were down 21 in the fourth. The bills were down, I believe 10 in the fourth. And then the giants were down, I think 10 mid to late third. So it's like, can these, can they really finish it out? And it's yeah, that's at one. Ugh. Sorry, at one point, I believe it was it was either two or three weeks ago. Going into one of the weeks, they had like they've led all but ten minutes of game time or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look up the exact stat. Kind of relevant now because again, it was like it was going into week five or six, possibly maybe even week four. I think it was going think- into week five because the Dolphins like, honestly got the lead right at the end, and then the Bills got the lead right at the end too. So it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, what's going? Like, I, 
it, it's just something to worry about, obviously, especially when you get to the playoffs and you're playing against the Chiefs, maybe the Bills, you'll see maybe the Dolphins, the Titans, the Bengals. Those teams you cannot allow to get back in the game like that because they have such high-powered offenses that they're going to they're going to definitely capitalize on your mistakes. For sure. And, uh, I mean, granted, Ravens did just beat Cincy a couple weeks ago here. Um you know, they'll have one more game at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's the last, oh, yeah, last, last week of the season. That'll be a Sunday night football game, if yeah. I had to guess. But, Sunday uh, night football game, I'm thinking for the division. As it's shaped up now, it would be for the division. Right. And I don't have too many, too many concerns about the Ravens other than finishing the games. But I think, you know, they're one of the more well-coached teams. I think we'll see them really sort of start to elevate here in November. Oh, yeah. Uh, Weird that we're already heading into November, the meat of the football season. Uh, Feels weird that Christmas is around the corner. Crazy. Really weird that Christmas is coming around the corner. We got Halloween weekend, Halloween's in five days, and then, yeah, then November's here. Then the holiday season is truly here. Yeah, we're Um, preparing for Black Friday at the store, and it's like, wait a second, that's weird. And uh, we got... I mean, we talked about it last week. The NFC East Giants keep rolling, Cowboys keep rolling. Uh, the Eagle, the rich just keep getting richer in Philly. They got Robert Quinn for only a fourth round pick last year. He was second in the league in sacks. I believe he had eighteen point five anywhere. I think sixteen point five to eighteen point five sacks. So they got another stud up front to join their already star-studded crew. That defense is looking more scary by the by the addition. Yeah, and uh, you know they got the Steelers this week. Good things, good things for the Eagles for sure. And uh, you know, really does look like we're gonna have three teams out of the NFC East in the postseason. We'll see if the Giants can keep it up. But for all the talent they don't have, they really have that advantage in coaching with Dable. Uh, he's been. Yeah, I was. Been, at, my bet would be. My bet would be that the there will be three teams with the C, The Giants have the Seahawks, Texans, and Lions next. They could definitely go two and one, and that puts them at eight and two. It's going to be real hard to be eight and two and miss the playoffs. I mean, it could happen, but because it's obviously anything can happen. But I'm just saying, it'd be real hard to be eight and two and miss the playoffs. Yeah, feels like there's a a bad Daniel Jones game around the corner, but uh, I'm really looking forward to the Seahawks-Giants game this week. That's going to be one of the better games of the week. Seahawks being one of the the biggest surprises in the NFL, sitting atop the NFC West right now. Um, Geno's look great. We say it every week, but, I mean, it doesn't look like this is going to go down either. I mean, Pete Carroll's one of the better coaches in the league. Kenneth Walker, he's running the hell out of the ball. You add Geno and the weapons that the Seahawks have on top of that, they're going to be a tough team to beat. They can uh, they can play defense maybe a little better than we thought. On top of them being able to score points, uh, they're not going to be an easy out at all for the Rams, Niners, uh, and of course the Cardinals. Cardinals, you know, they're kind of whatever, but you know, the Seahawks aren't going to be an easy out at all. In fairness to them, they are one game back at the top of the AFC <laughs> and the NFC West. I mean, I don't. Yeah, they I might don't, be. They might no, be. But they. I don't think they're Kyler, do I don't think they're doing anything. You got Kyler and Cliff yelling at each other every game, uh, and you know Hopkins will help. I think that'll. I think the addition of Hopkins will kind of maybe win them a game or two they wouldn't have before if he goes off. Yeah, but 
their their chemistry does not seem on point. I'm going to assume Cliff's out of there at the end of this year, just the way everything's going, especially if it's a losing season. But I don't know. Vibes definitely right in AZ. Uh, you know, the Rams, I mean, the Seahawks could absolutely take the Rams spot if they don't get it going here. And if the Seahawks keep playing well, uh, you know, the Niners Rams don't run. scare me at all. The Niners will turn. I feel like the Niners have so much talent that they will end, they'll end, they'll end, they'll find their way in the playoffs for sure. They've lost a few tough games, but the Rams to me, I don't, I don't like them right now. They're not. They just they're one dimensional and their defense isn't that good with having two star like two superstars on it. And then and Star and Bobby it. Wagner, but they can't they're not great. Can't block at all. No, that's the problem. That Stafford, you're gonna get to Stafford and as Stafford always does, he's gonna throw some ill advised passes. I mean, even last year they won the Super Bowl, but Stafford still, by the end of the regular season, led the league in picks. He has six touchdowns to eight picks this year. It's like, it's just who Stafford's been pretty much his entire career. So nothing's really changed there. But obviously he's still a really good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's prone to making mistakes. For sure. And he he really cleaned that up last year. And he's not like a... He's not like a Mac Jones throws a dumb pick kind of guy. Like he's really good, especially uh, before the snap. You know what I mean? He's good at you know directing traffic and all that prior to the snap. Oh, he's a very is, good, very good quarterback. That's a luxury. But yeah, he can throw some picks in there. But you add that you know he can't move. He's an older quarterback, uh, and they don't have a good offensive line. It's gonna take. Let me put it like this. I hope this bye week went really well for them if they have any playoff hopes, which they obviously do, you know. I actually, I forgot about this. I had them get back to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Uh, not confident in that at all. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, I the really Packers think, getting there, so, I mean, I can't really say much. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, you know, the Packers and the Bucks, they are, the Packers are just not a good team, clearly. Uh, you know, they go in, to that Patriots game with Zappy, originally Brian Hoyer, but then it Zappy's thrown in there, and you know we know what happened. They win by a field goal. Then they go and lose to who the hell did they lose to the next week? They've lost to the Giants. They've lost to the Commanders in the last couple weeks, and That's I think right. there was the Giants. I mean, yeah, and I think there was another one, but they've lost. Those have been the last couple games where you're like, oh, they've played the NFC East, and they lost both times. Yeah. They also I lost mean, to the Jets. That was the one in between. They lost to the Jets, twenty-seven to ten. That's yeah, at Lambo. Yeah, at Lambo. So, uh, yeah, three. I mean, you expect them to win that Patriots game. It was an ugly game for them. You expect them to win with the Jets at home, a young Jets team. I think that was the game Zach Wilson came back to. If not, it was the second game back. Uh, I believe it was the second game back, and then Sauce, God, Sauce Gardner wore the uh, cheese head out of the stadium, which was fire. Right. And, uh, you know, they they get housed in that game. The Giants game at London, whatever. We saw some cracks there. And, uh, you know, this game with the commanders, with Heineke, you know, that's their backup quarterback. They lose to Heineke. I think that was in Washington, whatever. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not a contender at all. Might be a playoff team. I still got faith they'll turn it around at least to be a playoff team. But, I mean, they're likely not going to win that division. They're three games back behind the Vikings right now. Rodgers ain't playing good. 
uh, talks of them trading for AJ Green, which would have been cool six years ago. But you know, no, no real optimism for that team. Whereas the Bucks, you might still say you got like you got weapons. You're still trying to get healthy. Uh, the offensive line isn't playing well. No, no. I mean, I said. Sorry, I, I, I was going to say I said two weeks ago I didn't really have any sort of real faith as of this moment in the Bucks, and that maybe later down the road they could turn it around. But you go ahead and lose, not even put up a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers, who you know just fired their coach. They got a backup quarterback in there. Uh, they should have won that game going away. You get the Mike Evans drop at the beginning of the game, and it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Panthers got a good defense, too. They had Brady and L, but the vibes ain't good over there either. I said the vibes ain't good in Arizona. Vibes are not great in Tampa at all. No, um, they're, they're, they're another team that feels discombobulated as well. I feel a little bit more confident in them than I do in the Packers, specifically because the NFC South doesn't have like a clear better team. In the NFC North right now, the Vikings are, at the moment, a better team than the Packers. So the Packers are going to be fighting for a wild card where the Bucks still most likely would be the betting favorites for sure to be to win that division and have a home playoff game. And when you get to that playoff game, get the first one at home, you kind of can get rolling again. But obviously, you have to get there. It's not in the, And every week's going to be a tough week. If, you're, if you are competing... And almost lose to the Falcons, and then you lose to the Steelers, and then you lose to the Panthers. Every game, every week, now you're going to be fighting. It's not, and they got then they got the Ravens coming on a short week. So it's very plausible that by the end of this week, if Atlanta gets a W, that they could be at least second in that division. Right, and like you said, you kind of like their chances, even if they're second in that division. Yeah. But- but, I mean, a lot of people had this team going to the Super Bowl or at least in the NFC Championship game. Say I had them uh, in the NFC Championship game. I thought they were, I thought they were poised to get there because I, I thought the Eagles were a year away. I wasn't fully. I didn't know the Dallas defense was going to be this. Um, and then obviously I had the Packers there. I thought the Vikings don't have enough, but I just thought they were going to be there almost by default. But that they have talent too, and they better turn that talent around because wait a little bit too long and for some reason Atlanta thinks they can win the division the wild card's going to be a tight race so you better I would say they better turn around and get the division there if they want to make it to the playoffs yeah i mean you got the you got the trade deadline coming up november 1st brady i mean what he's 46 now 45 45. you've got to make a trade for an offensive lineman if i'm them i find whatever team's not great and i would trade maybe a third round pick to try to get veteran offensive linemen to help that to help that group personally. Yeah, I mean like you mentioned, Bucks have talent. They've got a defense. Offensive line needs help. You know, they're obviously banged up on the offensive line. I mean <clears throat> if the Bucks at all, you know, if they want to get out of it early, build for the future, Brady, come on home. We can trade Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. For Tom Brady, bring Brady home. Then it puts to rest the AFC East. You know, Brady's home. Patriots. We got a great defense. Ball control. Let's do it. That's all I'm saying. Put it in the back of Belichick's head. Bring Brady home. Trade back and Bailey Zappi for Tom Brady. Get Gronk back on a quick deal. Get Gronk back. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah, get Gronk. Just bring everyone back. Bring Gronk get, back. Get Edelman back. <laughs> bring Julian Edelman back. I don't even care if Julian Edelman sees no snaps. Just bring him back. Do whatever we got to do. I was going to say, Ju- uh, Julian Edelman would come back to the locker room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, sign there. him as an assistant coach like Gerard Mayo. Whatever we got to do. Like, Brady, what do you got left in Tampa? Your wife left you. Giselle's gone, right? She's gone. Just come back. I know the winners suck, but come back to New England. Win another ring. And shit. We'll let you play to your 50, right? Like, Belichick knew he was wrong for letting you go. Kraft loves you. You were just at Kraft's wedding. We'll let you play to your 50, all right? We'll let you game manage till you're 50. And then when you want to let it rip, we'll let you let it rip because we got weapons now. But that would be my pitch. Not sure how the uh, how it would line up pay-wise with Zappi and Mac Jones for Brady. Not really sure how NFL trades work compared to the NBA. Um, they, they wouldn't, we have we have a lot of cap space because we really don't have anybody on a huge contract. So Brady's contract and is a quarterback friendly contract, so he would be fine. He would. We, they wouldn't work. It wouldn't matter at all. And obviously, the Bucks would be unloading that contract, so they would get they would get uh, Mac Jones on a rookie deal. <laughs> so they, it would work out fine. Salary wise. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, get out, get away from the Brady distraction. Arians, just trade him, trade him home. Brady, come home. It'll all be good. You you love adversity. We'll be what more than three games back in the division. Uh, you know, a couple games back from the wild card, depending on how this week goes. So yeah, go win this game against the Jets. Hand it off a million times. Don't get either of them hurt, and then uh, trade for Thomas Edward. <laughs> Brady, what Patrick Brady is that his full Thomas name? Thomas Edward, Edward Patrick, Patrick Brady Jr. And we can yeah, trade him. We can trade uh, Michael McCorkle. To <laughs> yeah, trade McCorkle for Thomas, and uh, you know all will be right in the world. You'll have a hundred percent approval rating amongst Pats fans again, which you know because some Patriots fans seem to think Belichick is a is a <laughs> C plus level coach without Tom Brady, but you know. That's neither here nor there. But anything else in the NFL before we get to picks? Anything no, else? Uh, no, I'm good. I am 100% good. I do want to say shouts to Andy Dalton for out Jamison. Out Jamis. Out Jamison. Jamis. He had uh, four touchdowns, three picks, two of them pick sixes, back to back pick sixes, which I've never seen in my life, I don't think. Back to back drives with pick sixes. That was incredible. It might have um, been back to back throws. <laughs> I don't think it was. I think he had a thrower. There was like a couple play. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like there was a run play. It might have been. Uh, it very like, I, I think it was back. Like, his last two throws were pick sixes. I could be wrong on that fact, but I felt like it was back to back throws. Whatever it was, it was impressive because uh, Dalton's low-key had a good year for them so far in the games he's been in since James left, or James has been injured. But, uh, yeah, what, a, what an impressive game. It seems like that's the only way the Cardinals can win, excuse me, is if, uh, is if you get a game like that where there's double pick sixes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and they still, it still was a close game. Yeah, high scoring Thursday night game we've had for sure. Uh, shit, let's get to picks right now. Let's do it. Speaking of, we got Ravens Bucks. That one. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this game. I mean, the Ravens are the better team right now, but they like to blow leads. But also, the Bucks haven't shown any care to score offensively. So this is going to be a weird game. But um, do you do you uh, do what's the spread for this one? 
Yeah, so it's at Tampa. Bucks are favored by a point and a half. Uh, I mean, if we're just making picks here, which we are, <laughs> I would uh, I would pick the Ravens to win, right? Like, that's just my gut reaction. would be like, oh, Ravens are the better team right now. Bucks do not look good. Uh, Ravens even probably have more talent right now, right? Like, pick the Ravens. But, you know, in the Patriots days, remember those days, Tom Brady? In the Patriots days... This is where you'd want Tom Brady, back against the wall, home underdog. Uh, you know, that, those are the type of games that Brady regard. I don't care if he had, who the fuck was it? Austin Collie as his, one of his top receivers. Kembrell Tom Tompkins. Kembrell Tompkins. Tom Brady's going to pull that game out regardless. You know what I mean? Losing streak, just not playing well, need a win, you're at home, you're a home underdog. Brady wins that game. But Belichick ain't walking through that door to do a Rick Pitino here. Uh, you know, Edelman, Gronk, they ain't walking through that door. Mike Evans dropping balls. Uh, I'm going to pick the Ravens, but I really don't feel good about it because it seems like one of these games, Brady's going to snap out of it and just be like, fuck it. But it also doesn't seem like he's willing to take hits in the pocket. He's getting rid of the ball early. Uh, just doesn't seem in sync or like he's enjoying the season at all. So, I don't know. If they lose this game, Keenan, they really could fall off the rails here. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but if they make it, it's going to be truly ugly. Uh, I mean, like you said, they got the cushion there in the division. The division's kind of all beating up themselves, which mm -hmm. is good. But, I mean, Atlanta's well coached. We saw how well they played Tampa on the road a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, this is a must win for Tampa in my eyes. But I'm going to go Ravens, let's say... I'll go a little more high scoring. Let's say 24 to 23 Ravens. Ooh, okay. I do think that the Bucks are going to snap out of it offensively, but I do think that Lamar is going to be a little bit too much. I've got a 30 to 27 Ravens game that I would never bet because I have zero feel for what's going to happen. <laughs> but that, that's where I'm going with all right, next we got Broncos versus Jaguars in London. Uh, this will be an ugly game. Um, what's your backup quarterback's name for the Broncos? Uh, Ripen, Brian, uh, Ripen. Rip, yeah, Ripen. Ripien, Ripen, Rip whatever Ripien, his name is. Some, some backup. <laughs> uh, Broncos, probably the worst coaching staff in the entire league. Uh, you know, they, know, they didn't look much better with right being back there than Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, Russ hasn't had a great season, but, I mean, the coaching staff still continues to just look not great, no matter who the quarterback is. Uh, no feel for this game at all. Could not tell you who's going to win. I can tell you if the Broncos lose this game, say goodnight to the playoffs for them. They're probably the more desperate team. So, and I'm assuming Russ will be back this game. Have you heard anything about yeah, this? Yeah, he said he's kind of, He says he feels good. He's coming. He, it's a little early for the timetable, but he said he feels good and he's coming back. So, hmm. if I dangerous. didn't say the line, if I didn't, if I didn't say the line, it's uh, Jacksonville by three and a half. I don't feel good about this. I'm gonna pick the Broncos, uh, twenty to seventeen. I'll, you know, I'll give them another point here. 21 to 17, they get three touchdowns, however they get it. That's audacious for me to do. But that's my pick. Not confident in it at all. 21 17 Broncos over the Jags. 
I've got the Jags 21 to 16 because, again, I don't know if Russell Wilson's able to get above 16 points. <laughs> At least we do know he was injured. But yeah, uh, uh, we do. So we'll see. But he's I supposedly he was supposed to be out for a couple weeks. So he might still be injured because he might be coming back early. So I don't know if that's going to change anything. They've scored over 23 once. And I think they had a defensive touchdown in that game. Or 16 once. All right, next we got Lions at, sorry, Dolphins at the Lions. Dolphins are favored by three. This is another one. Even though the Dolphins are favored, even though the Dolphins are healthier than the Lions, I could kind of see it going either way. One of those weird-ass middle-of-the-year NFL games that I could definitely see the Lions winning. Um, Okay, I'll let you pick first because your guess is as good as mine with this one. You're probably going to pick the Dolphins, you said already, but. Yeah, I, I have good for this one either. I actually, I actually have a sense that I think the Dolphins are going to have a big offensive game. I think I think this is going to be somewhere along the lines of like thirty-five to twenty-one. Personally, I could see the Dolphins. I, their passing attack is too explosive, and with Tua back, I feel they could definitely put up some points on Detroit. So you said 35-21? 35-21 Miami. I'm going to go 28-24 Miami, and I do not feel good about that. Some weird feeling that the Lions will show up this game, even though they're banged up and they haven't looked great really since the early of the season. But mm-hmm. I think it's more likely your outcome comes about, though I don't really see – I don't see the Dolphins getting into the 30s, but shit, I have them right at 28, which is you know, right under 30, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go 28-24 Dolphins. Next, we got Steelers at the Eagles. A little Pennsylvania rivalry here. Philadelphia's favored by 11. Uh, I'm going to say 31-17. Philadelphia Eagles 31-17. I've got this one 27-18 Philadelphia. They're they're uh they're not a great second half team. They at least they haven't been so far this season. Maybe the bye they've been able to touch up some things. So it'll be interesting to see with them coming off the bye. But I think they'll be able to put up a bunch of points in the first half and kind of coast their way through the game. Yeah, that's really what it's been mostly. Is them more so coasting? Except for against so Arizona, fun. Arizona they really had they just couldn't generate offense in that second half. But we'll see. For sure. Next, we got Pats at the Jets. Pats are two and a half point favorite. Uh, let's see here. Let's go. I'm gonna go twenty four seventeen. Patriots of New England. McCorkle will get back on track, uh, and then he will be immediately traded after this game to the Tampa Bay Bucks, along with Bailey Zappi. And then it's gonna be Brady and Hoyer for us next week versus the Colts. McCorkle so. versus Thomas <laughs> for Thomas. <laughs> Um, I think that the Patriots are going to win this game. I have it a little closer, though. I think it'll be around the twenty-three to twenty range. I like how the Jets' defense has looked this year. They've got some. They've got talent on that defense. All right. So next we got Panthers at Falcons. The Falcons are a six-point favorite. A uh, tough game to really uh, break down because again, Panthers have a new coach. 
You see it all the time, too, with what they did to Tampa. You get a new coach, and you just win the next game. You know, you got that new energy. feels like a new season. Granted, we didn't picture they'd do that to Tampa, but... No. And by the way, heated rivalry. Panthers-Falcons, uh, very heated and hated rivalry, Loki, in the NFC South. I think this is going to be a close one. You know what? What did I give the Patriots? I said 24-17. I think this one's going to be 21-17 Falcons. I've got Actually, it. Give me, me 22-17 Falcons. 17 Falcons. I got a 23-20 Falcons win. Another weird matchup here. Can see this going either way, though. I think one team in particular is better than the other. Vegas at New Orleans. Vegas by two. Home underdog the saints are uh raiders again they're still they must be now what third in the division now they're probably ahead of the broncos don't have the divisions right in front of me i still think they're the second best team in that division uh chargers just continue to third yeah so i think especially after last week's win i think they get on track i think they win kind of handily i say 30 to 21 raiders be their first wet road win of the season. I think they're going to get it here. I've got a 27. Actually, no, I got a 28 to 24 game. Okay, okay. Uh, we got Bears at Dallas. Cowboys are favored by 10 and a half. I think this game is going to go how I thought the Patriots game would go. Uh, I'm also, let me give some props to Mike McCarthy, right? They got Dak back. First half is kind of middling last week. Nothing's really going on. Uh, and then they just start handing the ball off. They go back to what their strength is, running the ball. And the game kind of flips, you know, because that defense is always going to keep you in the game. But that game really flipped when they started running the ball last week. McCarthy's yeah. done a great job with this team. He really has. Uh, very interested to see what happens in the playoffs because, I mean, everybody and their mom had Sean Payton going to the Cowboys next year. And uh, who knows? Maybe he ends up being completely somewhere else. I would I would imagine Sean Payton will be coaching somewhere. But right now, it does not look like Dallas. Of course, that all changes if Mike McCarthy makes a boneheaded decision in the okay. playoffs. I'm losing. Then you can give him the axe. But, I mean, if he's not the reason you lose, I don't see any way you can really fire him. He's having a great season. But anyway, Bears at Cowboys. Like I said, Cowboys by 10 and a half. I'm going to say we'll go 16 for the Bears, and we'll say 25 for the Dallas Cowboys. 25 to 16, Dallas. I've got, I've got this game being around the 22 to 10 Dallas. I think that Dallas is going to – that defense is going to be a little bit too much for the Bears, as I thought the Patriots were going to be, but – Definitely, and they're coming on a short week. Um, one thing I did want to say real quickly, though, um, Russell Wilson said he's quote-unquote ready to roll, and also he said, I was on the plane for the first two hours of eight hours watching film, and then for the next four was doing some treatment, like some high knees, walking up the down, walking up and down the aisle um, as everyone was sleeping. So That's he, annoying. So he was just in the aisles, just stretching, doing high knees for like four hours. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> That's a uh, yeah. I'd be pretty annoyed, even like you know, if I'm just waking up from my nap and I from my slumber and I see 
I see Russ just uh yeah doing doing high knees and oh, galloping up and down the aisle. I'd be pretty confused. I would say that. <laughs> Danger Russ, I guess. But oh my goodness. Next we got Cardinals at Vikings. Vikings are a three and a half point favorite. Uh, Vikings looking contenderish again. We'll we'll figure it out as the season goes on with Kirk Cousins if they're for real a contender. Uh, so, you know they're kind of on that bubble right now. I'm gonna say 32-20 Vikings over the Cardinals. Thirty-two to twenty. I've got thirty-one twenty-one Vikings over the Cardinals. I think the uh, I think the Vikings will score on these guys. I think Justin Jefferson's poised to have some touchdowns this game. For sure, for sure. Next, we got NFC South, or sorry, AFC South battle. Titans at the Texans. Titans are a two-point favorite. I uh, anticipate another ugly, excuse me, NFC South, sorry, AFC South game. Yeah. Keep wanting to call them the NFC South. Um, but another ugly game, I believe. I'm going to give the Titans 24, let's say 24-21, Titans over Houston. 24-21. I've got Tennessee in a 20-18, to 18, just kind of ugly game. I think Derrick Henry will probably run like 35 times. But, yeah, I got a 20-18 to 18 Tennessee. Yeah, Henry looks good. Henry looks good. Titans are, team, Titans are a team to kind of look out for here, especially as we'll get into in this next game. We got uh, Commanders at the Colts. Another game where your guess is as good as mine, especially that was already the case with Matt Ryan as quarterback. Now you've got Sam Ellinger in there. Uh, weird decision mid-year, especially since they traded for Matt Ryan. Um, and granted, Matt Ryan wasn't playing great, but, uh, you know, they had kind of a tough schedule. And he was that line's not really blocking for him. I personally would not have made this decision, but. We'll see how it goes. Sam Ellinger at quarterback. Can't blame What's him. He's a, I can't blame him. He's a Texas alum, so I mean, it's gonna be very good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he's he hasn't even thrown a NFL a, pass. A yeah. pass. Yeah, I think he's only had run attempts. Sam so, George uh, Ellinger. <laughs> I think this will be another. Is that his name, Sam George? Samuel George Ellinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm betting. I'm betting against a quarterback named Samuel George every time. Uh, I really have no idea here. Commanders seem to really like Heineke anytime he's in. You could see the team really responded to him. Road game, young quarterback. Granted, this young quarterback could come in and just, who knows, maybe he is the next TB12, and he just lights the uh, the commanders up 30-17. to 17. But I'm going to go with the commanders. And, uh, again, your guess is as good as mine. We'll say 22-17, which I feel like I've already used that score. But twenty two seventeen. You've used twenty one seventeen. You twenty. Oh no, you did twenty two seventeen. Atlanta over Carolina. Um, what 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 was the line for this one? Colts by three. Colts minus three. All right, I have got I've got Sam Ellinger and the boys. I've got them winning a twenty three to twenty game. I think this is just going to be a Jonathan Taylor game featuring Sam Ellinger making like maybe five throws. And then my favorite game of the week here, Giants at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by three. Giants have been the best close game team here. Uh, best crunch time team probably in the league. Coming in at, what, six and one? Yes. 
Hawks looking good. They got a great offense, more talented than the Giants, which has not mattered once this year. Uh, the difference is, I think the Hawks are really well coached with Pete Carroll. Yep. Uh, him and Dino seem to have a really good connection too. I'm gonna roll with the Seahawks once again. Let's say something like, hmm, let's go 27. What's the line? Three points. They're not gonna cover. The Giants are not gonna cover. So we're gonna say 27-23 Giants. Or sorry, Seahawks. 27-23 Seahawks. I've got it 27-26 Giants in another close one. Saquon has a good game, tries to bolster that MVP case. Next, we got Niners at Rams. Niners are two-point favorite. Uh, Rams seem to have the Niners number, usually. But, again, you can blitz Matty Stafford, and uh, the Niners got a great defense. So that's that's really enough for me. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Rams put up a better effort coming off the bye. I probably would have gave this a 30-17 in the past. We'll say 27-21. Niners over the Rams. All right, 27-20. I think this is going to be more of the same as the last game. I've got this game probably. Um, I got a 24-14 49ers. Next, we got Packers. Wait, last game being what? Uh, the 49ers and Rams. The 49ers won 24 to 9 this year. Wait, they already played. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they played them early, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they played like three or four weeks ago, and the Rams couldn't do anything. I believe it was a Monday night game, if I remember correctly. That's right. That's yeah, weird when they do two of the division games early like that. I like it when it's more spread out. Yeah, but um, I think it's going to be just more of the same of that game. They just. I know the 49ers are a little more banged up now, so the Rams can actually score a couple touchdowns, but their their offensive line so bad, I don't think they're going to be able to protect Stafford. Sunday night game, which I wish they would flex Giants-Hawks into this one, but Packers at the Bills. Bills are 10.5-point favorite. Uh, how the mighty have fallen for the, for the Packers to be and Rodgers given 10 and a half to the Bills. Um, we'll keep it right on that line right there, and we'll say 31 to 20 Buffalo. Oh, Unless Rodgers has a throwback game, which who the fuck knows. But Oh, my goodness. This is another I, one. I did not know that was 10 and a half. Yeah. This is another one normally you would say, oh, well, if, you know, a couple bad games, but Rodgers – it's going to turn it on here and at least put up a competitive game. I'd love to say that. That's what I want, especially with this being the Sunday night football game. But I think the Bills are much better than the Packers. Uh, you know, the Packers really, their only strength right now is their defense, and even that's not playing that great. So, yeah, 31-20, Bills over the Packers. I have got the Bills winning, but I've got a closer game. I think we're going to get – a little bit of that vintage Aaron Rodgers, but the Bills are just going to end up being too good. I got it 34-27, Buffalo. Then the Monday night game, AFC North rivalry, Cincinnati, Bengals at Cincinnati. the Cleveland Battle of Ohio. Cincinnati. Yeah, Battle of Ohio. Cincinnati by three at the Browns. Uh, I think the Bengals take care of business again. 27-18. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's right now, they're rolling. They found their stride. 
I've got this game going about 31 to 22, Cincinnati. And that is that. Those are we don't we only have three different picks this time, so Yeah, it seems like we had a lot of the same picks for sure. Yeah, um last week you went seven and seven, I went nine and five, so you are Hold on just a second. Probably like three games up on you now. Yeah, you're four games up on me right now. So I would have to get all three of the uh, games we have different right, and I'll be one game behind you. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. Hopefully I can make some ground. I could see both of us having bad weeks. Like I just, I think this is going to be, for whatever reason, regardless of whatever I did for picks, I think this is going to be one of the more unpredictable weeks. Yeah, like we, there's some games where like Tampa could turn back the clock um, and have one of those random games. Green Bay could have one of those get right games too because they still have talent. I mean, these game these teams were playoff teams last year, and we both thought everyone thought that they could go win the Super Bowl last year, and they haven't changed much. Um, obviously, we got games like Seahawks, Giants, uh, Denver, Jacksonville, where it's just up in the air, and then it could be some upsets like Detroit. Over Miami, maybe uh, I was gonna say maybe the Rams over the 49ers. Not that that's a huge upset, and then Cleveland could give Cincy some trouble too. So it's gonna be a very interesting and uh, fun week. Yeah, just never know. We got I think we got three or four teams coming off a bye, which you know who knows how that'll go. Quality teams too, you know, coming off a bye. Yeah. Um, yeah, just an unpredictable week. I do not feel confident in a lot of my picks just because who knows how it will go. Or it could, you know, hold four. And, you know, a team like the Bucks and the Packers, if they both lose this game, especially handily, the Packers I was already kind of crossing off as a contender, but you can almost cross them off as a playoff team if the Packers lose this game. And then if the Bucks lose this game, they are in true blue trouble if they lose this game. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used the phrase "true blue trouble" in my life, but as there, true blue trouble, true blue trouble. But you want to talk some NBA? I would love to touch on some NBA. Last night's game, Warriors uh, Suns had the atmosphere of Game Four of the Western Semis, and Clay Thompson got ejected, which you do not see often. Uh, I love, I loved it. Yeah, I I loved it. I really enjoy the. I enjoy when athletes get kind of jaw back and forth. I wish he wasn't ejected. I wish he would have just been one tech, and then he could have played for the rest of the game just to see how he kind of responded to that. But it happens. Yeah, I need to see. I need to know what got Clay that heated because they kept John. They were John for about three minutes leading up to that, and then they had to be separated going into a timeout. They gave him the double T's. And then Clay walks back to the bench, then back to the ref and starts John at the ref, and the ref obviously throws him out. But I really want to know what got Clay that he had for him to circle back from his bench back to half court to cuss out the ref. And because uh, all whatever it was started with Devin Booker, obviously. Yeah. So I need to know what Devin Booker said that got him that he Because again, you never see that from Clay. Uh, and say Clay was bringing up about like four rings, like I got championships here, like you're not us, or I I don't know what Devin Booker was saying, probably calling him garbage or something. I don't know, but that his knee shot, he won't be the same guy again. I don't know what Devin Booker was saying, but all I know is Clay was talking about four rings. Someone said Devin Booker told Clay to 
dribble twice and Clay lost it. I thought that was funny. Gotta love Twitter for the jokes. But uh, I mean, a lot of it probably was how I mean Booker was severely outplaying Clay. Clay left with two points. Booker ends with thirty four, I believe. Yes. Um, and yeah, the Suns showed me a lot. Like that's a team me and you both kind of wrote off. And while the chemistry might not be the same, it's not really showing on the court. You know, they might not look like the Phoenix of the last two years, but uh, I mean, they're showing they're not going to roll over. You know, they're all going to be there. They're showing like more heart here. than I. They're showing more heart, especially out of the off out of the gate than I expected to see them. So I got to give them credit for that. They're showing some heart. Yeah, which is what you want to see. You 100%. know, they're they're going to bounce back. Props to Chris Paul being the leader of that team. Props to Book. You know, so uh, you know, obviously they have something to do with that. Chris Paul hasn't looked great, but you expect that. Uh, at his age, at his big age, uh, you know, aging short point guard. Yeah. But, you know, he's still going to distribute the ball. He's still going to be able to get to his spots at some point. But you're going to see them manage the hell out of his minutes. Uh, so, But, you know, after last night's game, very interested to see what the season holds for the Suns. And, uh, you know, because that's a game they easily could have created, especially after the Clay incident, you know, the Clay Devin Booker thing. And they went on an instant run. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't Golden State who rallied. It was Phoenix who rallied. And, yeah, they went on a run. The game was never close after that, really. And, uh, you know, the Warriors look a little slow getting out the gate. And you're not not worried about the Warriors in general. They got a lot of young talent uh, mixed with, you know, the Steph, Clay, and Dre core. But, uh, you know, something you want to monitor, though, going forward. Yeah, they, they do have some questions, but Again, props to the Suns because I was not expecting that at all from them this early in the season. <laughs> I always love like the beginning of the NBA because obviously it's obviously the numbers are going to be inflated for who's doing what. But like Steph right now is averaging thirty, which is obviously great, and he could do in in thirty two minutes, and he's the eleventh top scorer in the league right now. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's always crazy to see like Tatum has thirty two and a half, Giannis thirty two and a half, Jaws at thirty five because he dropped that forty eight point. A masterpiece that he had uh it's just it, it's always funny to see just how the numbers the blazers are four and oh they look good yeah blazers blazers look good anthony simons lit it up he looked he looked great that was you know smart move by them granted they kept the very small backcourt with simons replacing mccollum mm-hmm. but i mean simons was uh he was a highly touted prospect coming out of high school and uh, what well, he's this is probably his fourth year with the Blazers, so they really kind of strung him along, redshirt style almost to replace that CJ spot. And uh, CJ's definitely a better one on one scorer, CJ's probably a better overall player. But they got a little mini Splash Brothers thing going on with Lillard and Simons because Lillard has not missed a beat. Lillard looks like exactly what we saw two years ago from Dane, you know, Dane looks scary. And if they can keep putting together wins here early again you can't there's nothing you can tell after three four or five games here in the nba but absolutely not but that's the thing if you teams that shouldn't that teams that you didn't expect to be there if the blazers can string together some more and they start off the season 11 and 2 even if they do go on some skids they're still going to be in the mix so yeah, you'll have a cushion there. Yeah, you have you have a, you have cushions to go into little dry spells throughout the season. So it's always good, especially for the bad teams to get off to a good start. Like the Sixers are one and three, and technically out of the playoff picture, that's going to change, or like things like that are fine. 
but it's definitely nice for teams like the Blazers. Um, uh, there's a couple other teams that are three and one that are actually kind of shocking too. That if they can keep getting out to those big leads, maybe they can make a push, actually be in the playoff hunt, depending if they want to or not, because it's obviously Victor season. Yeah, we actually so I got the standings right here. Magic are zero four at the bottom. Uh, the teams that you would normally have in the playoff picture that are out of it right now. Again, this does not fucking matter through four games. But no. Heat, Heat, Sixers, Nets, Nets and Bulls would be in the playing position. But the mm. Sixers and Heat are looking out at both at one and three. Uh, you have the Raptors, Hawks, Knicks are two and one. Cavs, everyone's basically two and one by the looks. So or a few teams here, and then you get the Wizards at three and one, sitting at second in the Eastern Conference. And the Bucks at two and zero at the top of the Eastern Conference. Celtics three and one. Celtics look great. I'm really happy with how the Celtics look. Uh, Tatum looks like Tatum's trying to be a top five player in the league right now. He's been playing phenomenal. Yeah, Tatum looks incredible. The defense looks incredible. Uh, Bulls gave it to him the other night, but you know it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But the Nets, I mean, exactly what we thought. They're a mixed bag. They could be a contender. They could, as Charles Barkley said earlier today, they could be. Steve Nash could be fired by Christmas. You know, you just never fucking know with them. And uh, we'll find out more. They had a pretty entertaining game with Memphis the other night where Bane, Ja, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant all scored above 35, which you never see. Never see four players go above 35 in one game. Uh, So entertaining start to the season. The Magic, as they say, 0-4 have been extremely fun to watch. Uh, You know, we expect the Heat will be there. Nets and Sixers, I just I can't wait to see how it plays out these next couple weeks because I don't know. I don't know if Doc survives it if they go twenty games in and they're ten and ten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So granted I've liked some things I've seen with the Sixers. Uh Harden's looked a lot better, which that's one thing I was kind of betting on. I think it looks too much like Houston Harden as far as he's standing around or he's dribbling the ball and everyone else is standing around. Uh, that's not good for Embiid. I don't think Embiid's look great at all. I thought he would come out motivated, and it looks the opposite. I don't know if that's Harden-related. I don't know if he's just not in shape, as he's had trouble with that prior. Uh, apparently, he dealt with plantar fascia during the offseason. Yeah. Who knows Embiid? But weird start to the Sixers season. I do think Harden and Maxi have true chemistry together. Uh, they seem to, especially on the break, have good chemistry. Yeah. And uh, Harden... Harden seems to be moving into, you know, again, that phase of his career where he's the point guard, but he is doing his dribble for 15 seconds, step back three. I'm either going to get a foul or I'm going to bury this tough three in your face kind of thing. So whether that's good for that style of team, I don't know, but they got pieces all over. They got the ability to play defense. Uh, yeah, this is a Doc Rivers team. I wish their offense was more imaginative, but. We'll see with them. We really will in a few weeks because, I don't know, the matchups, the good thing about the early season, though, like you said, the matchups are always good. They're trying to get eyes on the TV. So you're going to get a lot of those Nets, Bucks, et cetera, et cetera, type games early on in the season. Yeah, I am. I'm so excited. There's also tonight, there's going to be a very good game on. It's actually on right now or it's starting right now. Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. So that's going to be, that's must see TV. I am excited for that. 
Yeah, um, I got I feel like a loser for not even knowing that. I literally just said Bucks Sixers, and I was just using that as an example. I did not realize they were actually playing. Oh, sorry, not Bucks Sixers. Oh. I said Sixers. It's Bucks Nets. My bad. Oh shit! Even better. My bad. <laughs> even better. <laughs> no, bad. no, no, no. Even better. My bad, because I thought that's what you said. I guess I wasn't listening. But uh, and then Lakers and Nuggets are on tonight, which obviously that can be a soap opera on one side. Yeah, Lakers will probably move to 0-4. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Lakers and Kings 0-3 right now in the West. Again, none of these matter. I'll repeat that. But Thunder, Rockets sitting at 1-3. Mavs at 1-2. Warriors at 2-2 two two in the playing spot, along with the T-Bulls, along with the Clippers, along with the Nuggets, all at 2-2. Two and two. And then 6-1 through one here. Jazz, two teams you won't expect to be 3-1 and one or expect to be here at all at the end of the year. But the Jazz and the Spurs, both at 3-1. and one. Like Two teams that don't want to be there at the end of the year. Right. Getting their wins early, and then at about a month here, they'll uh, they'll probably be tanking. <laughs> yeah. Grizz- Grizzlies and Pelicans, though, exactly where they want to be at 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Friend- Suns sitting at the 2 seed at 3-1. and one. Again, we got what looks to be four teams here all sitting at 3-1. and one. And then the Blazers, as everyone expected, the number one seed through, what, now two weeks here? As everyone expected, yeah, through their four and out, and Dame's looking great. Dame early Actually, MVP, no, one man. Week. <laughs> one week. It's only it's only been one week of the NBA season because yeah. it started last Tuesday. It feels like two weeks for whatever it, reason. It does. Dame MVP, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nothing more I hate. Nothing more I hate. And I've seen it a couple times. People talking about MVP through the first week of the season. I'm like, shut the fuck up. We're literally like one fortieth of the way through this season. Like, <laughs> like there is like literally nine. nothing we know. And exactly like I said, like the Jazz and the Spurs being there after your first week of the season in the top six. That's all you need to know about what the early NBA come back to me come back to me on christmas day and if this i will i will i don't know what i'll do if the spurs are the fourth seed (laughs) come back to me on thanksgiving day yeah honestly (laughs) but you would expect at least i mean the lakers have only played three games you'd expect they'd at least won one of those probably the trailblazers game was the one and that's that's the one where i honestly excuse me i'm not sure if russ was trolling or not when he went for the two for one, up one, he shoots the he shoots a jump shot with I don't know about thirty seconds left. Does not Braun doesn't touch the ball. Braun and AD are at half court, and Russ just pulls up for a jump shot. Uh, his IQ's talked about a lot, and it's you know compared to other NBA stars, sure it might not be there compared to like let's say Chris Paul, right? But a two for one, up one, at home. I honestly thought he was trolling and attempted to get traded because I've that's just that's something you would see from maybe a rookie. You know what I mean? Yeah, a rookie no, young player like that. Russ, well, I, I have no idea what he was doing. That's there. cool. No if, that's cool if you're um I don't know uh, down one. That that makes sense. I mean, and obviously you want a good two for one because you don't want to have to. But I understand if you're down one or down two, you get that two for one just in case you miss the shot. You're able to play defense and not have to foul to then get another shot. So that makes sense. But you obviously want to get a good two. You don't want to just chuck up a shot for no reason. But you're up one. <laughs> just just dribble the ball, get fouled, make your two free throws, and at worst they can tie the game. <laughs> it's like at worst you're going to overtime if you can just go through that. Obviously you can miss the free throws, but do your job and make them. Makes no sense. Uh 
one thing I meant to mention this last week. Did you see when Draymond, it was opening night, Lakers, LeBron, kind of like a lull in play, he walks over to the Warriors bench, gives Draymond some dap and a hug. Did you see this clip? I did not. So, Bron gives Draymond a little dap. They talk it up for like three seconds. Iguodala is on the bench making a, uh, let's say, LeBron's in Draymond's throat kind of gesture. <laughs> Two-handed gesture <laughs> on the bench. Look it up. I'll send it to you. Uh, I meant to bring that up last week, but that was one of my highlights of week one. Uh, masterful, masterful Twitter detectives as they are. Always finding something. Uh so I thought that was great. By the way, Clay and D book last night getting into it, that was like that was like light skin Kobe versus Dwayne Wade. Or light skin Kobe versus AI or something <laughs> like that. That was a pinnacle moment in light skin NBA history right there. NBA By the way, history. I'm joking about that. One thing I'm not joking about, it reminded me, I don't know if you've seen this clip of Kobe and AI in the finals talking trash. It reminded me so much of that, how they were talking. Because yes. Clay was so heated and so adamant about it. Love to see it. I wish we saw more of that. I really wish, like you said, I really wish they did not eject him because I think Clay would have kept talking the whole entire game. Those need, I'm fine. I'm fine with one technical. I just hate the double tech. I hate two technicals. I like. I think to get that second technical, saying something, you've got to say something like egregious to get that. Like just mouthing well, off. I mean, like what? I, I, I mean, you could kind of see he did. He kind of asked for it. He did. No, he did. I, I guess it's more I'm just upset because I wanted him in. <laughs> I just wanted him I agree. In. I agree with you. Uh, I think Kawhi coming off the bench is interesting, but I get it. I understand why he's coming off the bench. but It's upsetting very, for it's, fantasy. <laughs> but, yeah. Right, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, who has him? I think Derek has him. Derek has him in our league, so that's probably upsetting for him. But uh, what I don't understand, all right, if you're going to play him off the bench, and give them 17 to 22 minutes, let's say. Yep. Which they're doing that with John Wall, too. They got Reggie Jackson started. Got John Wall coming off the bench. That I'm cool with. This I'm not cool with. What are you giving Kawhi nights off for if he just missed a year and a half, basically? You're giving him nights off. And even that, I'm kind of okay with. But why are you giving John Wall nights off? John Wall did not miss last year for injury at all. He The only reason John Wall did not play last year was because Houston literally just said go home, which I'm not even sure how you can do that as an NBA team. Just not play a guy who you know you're paying an insane amount of money. I don't know how you can just shut him down. NFL like, teams have been doing that too. Like uh, Cam Akers, they just said, "Hey, well, if we're, you're not playing unless we trade you," and I think they they're kind of doing the same thing with Elijah Moore. It's like, wait, you can just tell these guys no. <laughs> That's a bit different. Cam Akers and Elijah Moore are a little bit different than having John Wall on your team, taking up the majority of your cap and just saying, hey, don't come to work. Because, uh, you know, Cam Akers, they might be a starting level player, whereas John Wall's definitely starting NBA point guard, you know? And uh, I don't know, the long and the short of it, though, why the fuck? I can understand a little bit giving Kawhi Nates off, not so much this early in the season. I could see it, you know, after Christmas, maybe, or even like in between the holidays there. But there's zero reason for John Wall to be in street clothes this early in the season after having a full year off where he was not injured. There's no reason for that. I don't understand it. Back-to-backs, I get. Play him 70 games. I understand that. But 
I don't. I really don't understand why you need to sit him. Like, let him play. He's okay. Especially he'll, let if you, not- he'll let you know if he's if he can't play. Like, just let him go. Yeah, especially if you're not. It'd be one thing if you're paying him or playing him thirty to thirty-five minutes. They're playing less than twenty-five minutes in a lot of these games early on. Um, so I just don't understand it. Uh, most it seems like, not to sound like that guy, but you know, you go around the league and look at games played for a lot of these stars. Not a lot of players are getting even seventy-five games for your top stars. A lot of your stars are playing less than. 69 68 games you know so not not, it's not really a great product to sell to fans honestly if you got stars missing that much that many sorry games throughout the year yeah it's kind of it's upsetting you really you get a couple players like james harden doesn't miss games Jokic doesn't miss games um even I think I think Giannis even missed more games than you would expect. Yeah, last Giannis year. Giannis played sixty seven last year and sixty one the year before and sixty three the year before that. So like the last and it three, seems like he's in every game too, but he's not. Yeah, no, he there's a the good thing about like Giannis for sure is like all the national TV games where you like you're gonna see him. He tends to be in those. So you don't like think, oh man, we're missing Giannis for this, but. Like, Jokic is 74, 72, 73, 80. Like, you don't miss much of Jokic. Like, mm-hmm. one for him, you might get a little, like, nagging injury that he'll sit out for. But otherwise, you don't miss much of Jokic. Other, and I wish there was more NBA players that were playing games. Because I think Wiggins was the only person last year in the league that played all 82. I could be wrong on that one, but I think that was the guy. That's a true stat. Um, I... I'm only one player from what I saw last year. Yes, I need to. I, I should double. I'll triple check it right now. But I believe last year Wiggins was the only person to play all 82. But I could be that, wrong. That is interesting. Uh, I do want to say you mentioned Harden and his uh, and his ability to stay on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I've noticed with him besides uh you know the old houston offense and such and such he's been focusing on his mid-range more which is interesting it looks like uh i don't know it, i'm almost surprised every single time i see it but the games i've been watching at philly he's like looking for a pull-up mid-range jumper or if he's stuck kind of dribbling around in the mid-range he'll just kind of rise up and shoot a mid-range it, it's i'm used to Harden either only shooting threes layups and foul shots and to see him shooting 15 footers 12 footers uh, kind of jarring to see, really. You know, it is it's definitely jarring to see, but it I like it because I think it adds... If you're willing to shoot mid-range jump shots, I understand it's like statistically and analytically, depending on where it is, not a great shot. But if you're a guy, especially like Harden or Steph or Lillard or players like that are that are willing to take mid-range jump shots, it just makes you that much harder to guard because... With Harden, if you're if you know he's not at the three point line in years past, it was like he's gonna at least get to eight feet in. If he's willing to uh, drive hard and then put the ball on the ground and take a nice sixteen footer and hit it, it just makes him that much dif- more difficult to guard. But so I, I I like it like when players take mid range jump shots. You don't need to live in it. Like DeRozan lives there, and he he I mean he does that tremendously, but. 
you don't have to live there just actually utilize the fact that you can that's a shot that you can take that's a high percentage shot um one last thing here i just want to give some uh some observations from the broadcasting side of the nba uh if you follow this during the bubble when we really first started to really pop off i guess you could say as far as this style of show yeah uh I was a big fan of them hiring Stan Van Gundy, TNT. I thought he's like been what the NBA has been missing as far as a color commentator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been great. I'm glad. And guess what happened right after the bubble when he did amazing? The fucking Pelicans hired him. And thankfully, that only lasted one season. He's back in the booth. He's funny. He, uh, he gives good points. He's not afraid to get on players, you know, what he dislikes in the game, which I like to see, without doing it in a nagging way, too, you know what I mean? He just points it out as he sees it. Yeah. Uh, but adding comic relief. And then Candace Parker, she's oh. added to the three, three-person three booth with Reggie. Absolutely love that Carlin. she's there. Yeah, she's doing great. She was amazing in studio. Like, I, she was about as good as you could get in the studio, especially being up there with, like, Kenny and Shaq and all that. Her and Shaq, and Dwayne Wade especially had a I great love Wade and Wade needs to get more in the studio. He's always on like the Tuesdays and Thursdays players nights, but I would like to see him even a couple more if they could get him in the studio more. Yeah, Wade's weirdly a nat- a natural at that, which I would never have expected. I mean, it makes sense, but like super well spoken, gives great points on the game. So, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see more Dwayne Wade too, but Candace killing it, killed it in the studio crushing it in the booth so far mm-hmm. um i'll say this and by the way they they signed the whole inside the nba crew to an extension which is good so we'll have because charles barker was saying how he'd only be like there for one or two more years looks like he'll be there longer than that uh best studio show on tv probably so of course that's great not even probably i'll say that for sure uh, and they got Jamal Crawford on Tuesdays, who is also a natural at this shit and is amazing. Like, TNT has such a good eye for talent on who their studio analysts are. And they hit gold. I mean, I don't know how much Dwayne Wade's there because, you know, he obviously has that jazz part ownership, too. But uh, with Jamal Crawford, Candace Parker, and Dwayne Wade, they hit three for three. And then, obviously, Draymond's going to probably take Barkley's spot whenever he's done in the NBA. So, you know, Draymond will hit that out the park, too. Oh, 100%. Uh, um, so and then you go on. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no. I was, I was gonna say I'm on a different. I was gonna just say something quickly. So you keep keep going. Oh yeah, this is the last thing with uh, broadcasting that I noticed. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to look out for, just because this player who's now an analyst has been in my life like as long as I can remember, and that's Shaq. Like Shaq is famously a Laker, right? Like, that's who I remember him most for. That's who I picture him most for is the Lakers. Of course. However, Shaq's, Shaq's one of my favorite players and personalities of all time. Like, he's just one of those players, regardless of what team he played for, you can't help but love, even if he was killing your team. Just because he's got such a great personality. He's a cool guy. Uh, he's better at studio than he was when he first started years mm-hmm. ago, obviously. But uh, my favorite thing with Shaq to point out is he's just such a fucking horrible liar. Like, he'll just say, like, just some, he just, and he, like, one of the stories he's admitted to lying, like, he has this famous story he tells where, like, David, I'm not even going to tell it because I'm going to sound like a 45-year-old, but there's this, like, Shaq's just very easy to catch in lies sometimes. Like, he literally said on TV, Keenan, he did not learn what, you know what ducking in is, right? 
Yeah, in, in NBA terms? Yeah, or yeah. just basketball terms. Yeah, like bas- sorry, player, basketball terms, yeah. You basically what? You basically cut in front of your defensive player, basically box out and call for the ball, right? Like, yeah. A more explosive post up, basically. He said he did not learn that until the NBA. I'm sure, Shaq. I think I think that's one you learn even like you don't even realize you're learning it. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. by default run in front of, especially if you're Shaq and he's bigger than literally everybody on the court. Your whole game is going to be ducking in basically for those dunks. Uh, so if you're a listener and you're not familiar, uh, ducking in would literally just be if you're a big guy running to the front of the rim. Like let's say your point guard's bringing the ball up, you run to the front of the rim, put your hands up. Right, like let's say you're facing half court under the rim or in front of the rim and calling for the ball, basically a post up, but like an immediate catch and turn, aggressive and for people in a simplistic form and a a real simplistic, an aggressive cut where you stop right in front of the basket. Yeah, just and uh, and seven foot one, three hundred and fifty pound Shaq said he did not learn that until he was in the NBA like in his early 20s. I do not believe any of that for a second. was the point of even saying that. So, uh, yeah, that's one of my observations I just wanted to say because I was like, shut the fuck up, Shaq. But Shaq's obviously great on TV. But, yeah, just look out for Shaq lives because they're easy to spot because you're like, are you sure, Shaq, you didn't know how to cut in front of the rim, catch the ball, and dunk? Are you sure about that, Shaquille? Are you sure about that, Shaquille Gonil? Um, so, and I went back to 2018, 2019, because I was, like, kind of the last, like, full season. Because 2019, 2020, obviously COVID hit, and then 2020, 2021, COVID was still in effect. There were 21 players who played all 82 in 2019, um, I was wrong about it being Andrew Wiggins. It was Kayvon Looney on the Warriors, but there was only five last year. And it was Dwight Powell. It was Mikael Bridges. It was Kayvon Looney. It was Sadiq Bay, And then it was Denny Advija for Washington. I can't. Oh, Advia. Advia. Um, yeah, so those are the five. And Sadiq Bays and Mikael Bridges are the only two that played over 30 minutes that so really the only true, true starters, because obviously Looney's a starter, but he's not part of their like big five, or the only two last year who did. That's really interesting. That's kind of pathetic, but... It is, and the superstar, I'll say even just star to stu- superstar that played the most games last year would be Tatum, DeRozan, and Trey Young at 76. That's true. Yeah, Tatum doesn't miss games. Yeah. Doesn't take nights off. Try, I was gonna say Trey Young doesn't miss games either. Yeah, Trey Young's there every game. I'm sure Jalen was there. Jalen gets banged up a little bit, but for the most part, I say I think young. he missed that like little stretch during the middle of the year that brought him brought him down to 65. So let me I'll just look at real quick. Yeah, he was Even, at 66. That's surprising for you know really your young stars really only being Tatum and Trey Young. Who are the other ones you said? Sorry. Um and Jamar DeRozan for games, like, yeah, and that's set for the seventy six plus. So he's like the vet. Uh, he had people like Desmond Bain, uh, Jordan Poole, uh, Devon uh, Devonte Graham. Not that he's like a young young guy, but Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, yeah. So you had some people. I was gonna say you had some people who played, but they weren't like actual stars who are playing at least 75. Like So really, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, and Jason Tatum are your star, star to superstars that played 76-plus. And if you want to count Russell Westbrook as one, he played 78. Damn, that's crazy. 
that's a uh, that's disappointing to hear. It is. Sounds like that friend's here to stay, but I mean, I love the NBA for all its faults, but uh, you know, if there's ever a reason you want to point to why they're not in the NFL's class, one, of course, it is games played. You know, 82, it's tough to get fans over an 82-game season, but if your star is going to be out on a given night, like on these national TV games, and it's for a minor injury, it's just to sit. It's going to be hard to get people to watch games. And that's on top of all the player movement among stars, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's something to be said how entertaining it is when stars switch teams. But, I mean... For people who actually root for that team, it's difficult because you get invested into somebody and then all, all of a sudden they're gone. It's difficult, but that's one of the reasons why the NFL is so great and why it's so easy to watch is because you're going to have at least the core of the team there, you know... Probably, I mean, if you're a contending team or at least a good team for three to six years, at least. And if you've got a good quarterback, he's always going to be there, you know. So you're always going to at least have, you know, two or three of your best players, let's say, at least if everything's going well. You could have them for up to 10 years and you don't really have to look back on it, you know. Like the Chiefs and the Holmes Bills with Josh Allen. They're going to be there for the next five years, barring their careers falling off mm-hmm. or a career-ending injury. Yeah, you like, know? They, and that's like some... 2030 comes around. Burrow should be a Bengal. Uh, Mahomes should be a Chief. Allen should be a Bill. Herbert should be a Charger. Like if all, like all obviously in no injuries or anything like that, but in 2030, if things go as they should, they all should be playing in the league still. Older, obviously, but they all should be on their respective teams that they are now. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I don't need to get into how all this started or why, but, I mean, yeah, there was a time where the NBA, it never, I mean, look, the NFL is always going to be king, but there was times where the NBA was uh, was a staunch number two. And, uh, I mean, it's still number two, definitely, but, I mean, it's the NFL going away. You see it with the Christmas Day games. Like, last year, I think they coincided. The Christmas Day slate wasn't even that good for the NFL. And the viewers were much better than the NBA. And, you know, obviously the NBA puts five of the best matchups they can on that day. So, you know, once upon a time, that might not have been the case. I could be wrong about that. But, uh, you know, there's I'll go through it another time. We can get into, like, what eras were great to watch and what eras were successful. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, disappointing, disappointing trend in the NBA. But that being said, love the start to this year. Cannot wait to get off here and watch Bucks Philly, or sorry, Bucks Nets. Because uh, again, the Nets could be either a train wreck or who knows? You could see Katie and Kyrie go for dual 50 point games. You just never know. Uh, I do want to point out when I text you this during that Grizzlies game, Simmons did put up a three at the end of a quarter. It was like a deep three. You know what I mean? It was past yeah. half court. He actually had to use real form. So I'm not sure how that factors into my prediction that he'd shoot threes. What'd I say? I think he under five threes and they were all was- gonna be and they were all gonna be like not real threes. That seemed like a real three. Granted, it was at the end of the quarter. Like it wasn't in, in the flow of the game at all. Oh well three non forced threes. Or I think it was five non forced threes. Like that's a full like Regardless if it's a real three, it's still one that like the buzzer ran. He wasn't gonna take that shot if the clock wasn't running out. So, sure. Keenan, anything else to add? Uh, no. Uh, I want to go ready to go watch this game. It's nine nine with four forty five left. So low scoring so far. Inefficiency on both sides. 
Bucks are wow. three of sixteen. The Nets are four of fourteen. But hopefully that turns around. Do want to point out before we leave, Keenan, what an execution of a three-team trade in our fantasy basketball league. Week one of our fantasy basketball Ooh. league, a three-team trade. Yeah, thank, that thank you. Who did you get out of this? You got. Um, I got so pretty much. I was really the middleman between Nate and Kyle's trade. I basically allowed Nate to get the pieces that he needed and Kyle to get the pieces that he needed to make this trade. Um, Nate ended with Kevin Durant and he ended with Jared Allen. Kyle ended with Draymond Green and Nikola Jokic. I ended with. Uh, Paulo Bonchero, um, James Wiseman, and Karis LeVert. Who'd you give up overall? I gave up Jared Allen and Draymond Green, which is why I didn't end up with one of the two superstars. So I was able to get rid of, unload Draymond Green and Jared Allen, which are obviously two key piece, two good pieces. I got back Wiseman, who's solid. I think throughout the year he'll put up a little bit more. Paulo showed that he can... He's looking good so far for sure. And then Karis LeVert, I obviously I think he can be the sixth man of the year. He's playing pretty well to start off the season. Yeah, it's a good trade for everybody. Yeah, I think the it, best it part about it, the best part about it, you said the pieces me and Nate needed. We did not even need to make this trade. Like I, no, I'm still no. shocked I have Jokic on my team. Like Nate kind of just Nate did want a big guy, which he had in Jokic, but he wanted like another big. But he got Durant too. Uh, so he's got a plenty of scoring there. Durant can obviously give you assists too. But yeah, we didn't really need to make this trade at all. Me, neither me or Nate or you, neither one of us three needed to make this trade. And it it happened on Saturday. So shocked by it. A little upset that our, as you said before, our league didn't say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, nothing. No reaction from our league other than I think, again, shouts to Gene Olette. I think Gene sent a little gift in the group chat, but that's about it. No reaction to the biggest even in, trade like, in. even in my text even in my text not not one person hit me up like oh wild trade oh great nothing no participation from our league so far but that's weird compared to the last two years where a, a minor move will happen and people will talk about it mm-hmm. so i don't know might be some might be some hard feelings from our league i can with, argue uh, that's the biggest trade in the history of our league yeah, Jokic, uh, a three-teamer where Jokic and Durant move. I, I could argue that that's the biggest trade in the history of our league. We had a big three-teamer set up with Gino Lett. Shouts to Gino Lett again. He's getting a lot of airtime in this uh, in this pod. But we had a, a giant three-team trade because I think it was like, I think one of, I think Gene was getting four players back and me and you were getting three players yeah, back. It was, I, I mean, I crafted it. Quite perfectly, if I have to say by myself. I Gene backed out at the eleventh hour. Gene backed out. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was really sad. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. It was. I would have been very happy with my team. I think all three of us. I think it would have been similar to this trade, but on a more maximum level. Oh, it would have been. I was gonna say it would have been this trade, but and then some. With ten players being moved overall, I don't. That would have probably broken the league, honestly. But let's get out of here. Let's watch the rest of these games. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast. Listen to us, stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, do want to say, because I've forgotten to mention this damn near a million times since our uh, NFL predictions, where we also gave Super Bowl performer predictions, Rihanna, the Super Bowl headliner. 
Did I mention this already? Did we mention this on the show? Uh, we'll mention it again if we didn't. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. shocked. Um, we both had Taylor Swift as a possible. Uh, I had Nikki as the one I thought, but yeah, I we had Taylor. Swift. We didn't think that Rihanna would actually do the Super Bowl because we brought her yeah, name up. We just didn't. I was gonna say she's turned it down, so we really just didn't think she was ever gonna do it. Because if we knew yep. she was going to do it, that might have honestly been both of our like one of our choices. But she yeah, is. she would definitely be a number one pick with uh you know Beyonce having done it twice. Yeah, she's like she's like one of the only stars from her generation not to do it. Really, I mean, if you're talking about female artists anyway, with uh, Katy Perry doing it, Lady Gaga and Beyonce all doing it, Brianna's the the odd woman out there, but she's doing it. But I say that to say she's making her comeback, which will be. Tomorrow night, midnight. Oh, I Black didn't know she was dropping. Yeah, she's dropping a song off. I don't know if the soundtrack is releasing for Black Panther or if it's just the lead single, but she's got a song on the Black Panther uh, soundtrack. She's dropping at midnight. Sis is dropping a single and a video tomorrow at midnight. Uh, who else? There's one more person. Oh, the Drake and 21 album, Midnight Tomorrow. So a big week for music. We've had a great couple weeks of music, honestly. Uh, baby drop, little baby dropping an album recently. Roddy Rich uh, came out with a new track, so did uh, a Boogie. Yeah, Roddy Rich has dropped here a little bit. Boogie, as you mentioned, has dropped a little bit here and there. Uh, shit, let me see what else we got. Oh yeah, of course, Jeezy dropped a great mixtape with DJ Drama Snowfall mm-hmm. this past week. Go check that out. Uh, Division's dropping this weekend, I believe too. So, yeah, we got a lot of great music dropping tomorrow night. Rihanna, Drake and 21, SZA, and then, uh, you know, if you're an R&B fan, be on the lookout for the Division album. So, a lot of great music, a lot of great music here to end 2022, really, in the fall, in the fall quarter. Yeah, uh, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping SZA can come out with a project before the end of the year. I would hope so. A single and a video is a good indication that we should be getting it, if not November... Definitely December. Say, it's typically the that's typically the hey the album's ninety percent ninety five percent done. I just am making the final t- tweaks to it. It's what that feels like. So let's hope. Poor, poor SZA. She should have been dropped. She should be like on her third project by now. But will unfortunately be only getting her second project. But no, fortunately too. But she mm-hmm. should just have a couple projects by now. But yeah. whenever it does drop, we'll be happy to hear it. But again, Jeezy and Drama. Go listen to Snowfall. That's one of the better projects of the year I've heard. Definitely loving what I'm hearing so far. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. We can talk more music next week. We can talk more basketball next week. Uh, probably get to the point where we can kind of, I don't want to say cool off on football because we're still really going to be going in on football. But maybe we'll be able to talk more and more basketball here in the coming weeks. Maybe not by next week. But, uh, right after Thanksgiving, probably we'll be able to make sure, that switch. For sure, by Thanksgiving, and uh, yeah, no, we're in a we're in a good spot with music, basketball, and football right now. Everything's good. Yep, for sure. But again, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Keenan, great talking to you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the games this week for football. Enjoy all the new music dropping and enjoy these NBA games for sure. Everyone be safe on Halloween weekend. Hey, you doing you doing anything for Halloween weekend? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I'm going bowling on Saturday if you want to call that doing something. But 
not bad. You can get costumes for that. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's pretty much it. I'm not doing much else. Word. Well, hey, we'll be back next week. Keaton, great talking to you once again. Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back. <laughs>